Hello, and welcome to the Health in Europe podcast. I'm Greg Bianchi. We've launched this podcast to bring you the latest on WHO's work in the European region. Our region is broad and diverse. From the mid-Atlantic and stretching as far as the Chinese border, we work with fascinating and driven individuals and groups. This podcast is about hearing their stories and how they might impact your day-to-day life. Trauma surgeons learn how to work under a great deal of pressure. But as we mark one year of war in Ukraine, some surgeons are required to carry out surgery in incredibly difficult circumstances. WHO Europe recently attended a training on care in hostile environments with the David Knott Foundation, an organisation that specialises in training surgeons to save lives in areas affected by conflict and other disasters. Dr. Marie Zaton was one of the trainers. A surgeon with the British NHS, he's also spent time working with WHO in Mosul, Iraq. Sophie Scott, a communications consultant at WHO Europe, spoke with Moise to find out a little bit more about his experiences and why his skills performing surgery in a war zone were tragically required much closer to home. Can you tell us a little bit about why you volunteered to work in a hostile environment surgical team? The reason I volunteered to work in hostile environments, um, the start of it is actually um, probably quite personal. Um, so I'm originally from Libya, my parents are from Libya and I have a lot of family out there. And during the conflict in 2011, um, I became very involved in uh, charitable work and sending medical aid to Libya uh, from my junior doctor job here in the UK and uh, I also became involved in advocacy and um, I think I just wanted to take the next step and uh, as a result I ended up travelling to Libya with a group of um, expat British Libyan doctors and um, worked in that environment and that exposed me to this world of um, humanitarian uh, surgery and Subsequently, um, I've had various uh, opportunities to work on research in this field and then further deployments working with people like the World Health Organization in Mosul and Iraq um, and then also with the David Knott Foundation doing their teaching. So it's quite a long story, but um, I think the initial interest um, was uh, by chance or circumstance. Broadly speaking, what role do international organizations and NGOs such as WHO and others play in providing emergency care in hostile environments? So international organisations and NGOs provide a very crucial role in providing surgical care and emergency care in hostile environments. I think the remit and uh, the type of work or help that they provide uh, depends on the organisation because every organisation has its own uh, goals or strategies and uh, uh, they work in specific fields. Um, Certainly when I worked with the World Health Organisation in Mosul in Iraq in in 2017, I believe that was their first time they were providing this type of care, providing trauma and surgical care. Uh, And so this was a new area for the World Health Organisation. It was a very successful uh, mission to provide Uh, care for those that were affected by the war in Mosul during that time. Um, So 
Yeah, in summary, I think that it, it really depends on the, the organisation and, and what their missions are. But anecdotally, I would say that um, I think it's being recognised more and more as quite an important aspect of providing um, global health and global surgery. And I know that the World Health Organization are doing a lot of work to validate organizations in terms of um, trauma field hospitals and their capacity and, and what they're able to do and, and trying to centralize um, this type of work and coordinate it amongst the NGOs and um, national medical response agencies. Um. So I understand that you worked with WHO in Mosul. Can you tell us a little bit about your experiences there? Yeah, of course. Um, so my experiences in Mosul in Iraq, um, so the, the time I went out there was in 2017 and actually the opportunity came up directly as a result of being a candidate on one of um, the David Knock courses, which uh, is called the Surgical Training in Austere Environment course. Um, and this was a course that took place in London at the Royal College of Surgeons in London. And uh, it's a five-day cadaveric course um, teaching us all aspects of um, war surgery or humanitarian surgery. And on the final day of the course, we were approached by members of um, WHO who told us about this opportunity that was being set up in Mosul as there was an acute need and uh, I was very interested and um, in short I think about two months down the line I ended up finding myself in Mosul um, and so the the actual work in Mosul um, was split across three hospitals. So there were three trauma field hospitals which uh, were established and um, they had three theatres each and uh, two 25-bed wards. And um, at the time, there was um, the Iraqi army was um, liberating Mosul uh, from ISIS and uh, a lot of civilians. There were two million civilians in, in Mosul who were caught in the crossfire. So a lot of civilian injuries. And the aim of the project was to uh, try to save life and limb by providing life-saving surgery as close as possible to the front line. And so I was part of a team um, of um, international expat surgeons, as well as local Iraqi Ministry of Health surgeons. And we worked in partnership um, in rotating teams, and we were based on site uh, providing this type of care. Um, the type of work we did was um, quite eye-opening, as I, I hadn't really had a lot of direct um, experience uh, with this type of surgery, um, apart from my brief experiences in, in Libya before that. And um, I would say that, you know, we saw a lot of mass casualty um, events, and uh, these are events in which um, you get a lot of casualties arriving at the same time from, for example, a blast or something like that. Um, and um, this creates its own challenges, as often the number of casualties that arrive um, uh, exceed the resources that you have available in terms of personnel, equipment, theatre time, theatre space. And so um, we were very well drilled. We had a lot of experienced surgeons who um, ran teaching exercises. And um, I think that um, overall it was a, a very successful mission. And I learned a lot and made a lot of connections, um, which last till today. Um, you continue to do humanitarian work alongside your work in the UK's National Health Service. How do you think your experience in hostile environments has benefited your work 
and what would be your advice to other health workers who might be thinking of following your example? So I think the experiences that I've gained from the international and humanitarian surgery work I've done have, have helped directly um, with my work in the UK, working in the, in the NHS. Um, certainly 2017 was uh, a very, you could call it, it's an interesting year for me because um, I had this opportunity to go to Iraq with the WHO and uh, around two or three weeks after returning to the UK, um, the Manchester bombings actually uh, occurred in the arena with the, the terrorist attack. And um, I was working in a hospital in Manchester at the time. And um, again, we had a mass casualty incident in the UK, in Manchester, in my in my hometown, which I, you know, uh, never thought would happen, and uh, it's not something that um, I think that we were necessarily uh, prepared for. And so I was able to translate some of the experiences that um, I had um, in Iraq and in Libya before that, um, and apply that to my work in the NHS. And um, I think that um, that experience served me very well. Um, my advice to other health workers who might be thinking of uh, following this line of work would be to uh, try to, first of all, establish your basic skills, your basic training. And um, I mean, th this is sort of aimed at more sort of junior um, surgical trainees or even medical students being the best possible healthcare worker, whether that's a doctor, nurse, paramedic uh, within you know your your country is is the best thing that you can do and then when you do get the opportunity to go abroad you can take the skills that you've gained within your own healthcare uh, environment or system and apply that um secondly um there are opportunities i think there are a lot of organizations now that have careers events careers evenings um just to expose you to that type of work um and um find out what what working in, in these environments and pursuing this line of work might involve because I think um, what I've realised over the years is that there are uh, also personal sacrifices that you have to make um, and um, there are lots of good parts of doing this type of work but um, there are also quite important personal considerations. So um, can you tell us about the health cluster work? Yeah, so um, in Libya um, in 2011, I went out there as a humanitarian doctor and was providing life-saving first aid um, emergency care uh, with the group of doctors that I was out there with. And then I think, again, um, none of this was planned. It was a quite an opportunistic opportunity that came up. Um, and the fact that I could speak Arabic and English Fluently, I was dealing with a lot of the NGOs and foreign missions who started to establish themselves in Libya and were uh, performing NGO type work. And uh, quite quickly, I ended up um, working alongside the Libyan Ministry of Health. And uh, there was something called the Health Cluster, which is run by the World Health Organization. And um, when the UN are working in conflict zones, they at that time, they split into different clusters. So there would be a health cluster, a food cluster, a security cluster. And the clusters are all of the people that are working within that particular field. So the health cluster would meet on a weekly basis and it would be all of the international NGOs um, that would meet and it would be chaired by the WHO as well as local actors and in this case, the local Ministry of Health. And um, I ended up chairing that meeting uh, for a period of time um, and... Um, this was a 
quite an interesting opportunity, I would say, something that I wasn't necessarily prepared for, but something that I threw myself into. And um, it opened me up to a fascinating world of uh, public health and uh, crisis management and NGO work. And uh, this isn't something that I had much experience in before. Um, thankfully received quite positive feedback for that. Um, but um, yeah, uh, my previous work was all clinical work. And so this was quite an interesting aspect, which I've uh, tried to maintain um, over the years um, since that time. That's all we have time for. Special thanks to Moise for speaking with us for this podcast. This episode of Health in Europe was edited by me, Greg Bianchi. Sound and production by David Barrett. And our interviewer and researcher for this episode was Sophie Scott. If you'd like to find out more about the topics covered in this show, check out the links in the show notes. Check out previous episodes of Health in Europe wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. And until next time, stay safe and stay healthy.